0: listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadow Hunter Chronicles podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 102 where we will be discussing chapter 14, Clockwork of Clockwork Prince, The Silent City. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin and I'm Amanda. All right. <laughs> oh,
1: my Bust goodness. out your best Matthew McConaughey. All right, all, all right, right, all right.
0: All right. All right. <laughs> what were we talking about that we said we should have hit record? I don't even remember.
1: We were talking about our expen-
2: experiences waking up from surgery. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah,
0: And the comfort nurse. Mm-hmm. The invention of the comfort yeah, nurse which, was so nice.
2: Dude, yeah. I feel like any
1: of us would be good at that. Seriously. Oh, yeah.
0: I can hold a hand. For real.
1: I- yeah. The first time I went under, which I've only been under twice, mm-hmm. but um, my it was when I was 10 when I went to get my tonsils out. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting my, they let my mom and my grandma go back with me because, you know, this was the nineties and there wasn't COVID. Right. And, right. Um, <laughs> so when I was going, when they first gave me the medication oh. to, um, I'm assuming for kids, it's probably a little bit of a different process. So it was probably some more of a sedative or something before they took me back because we were not in an operating room. Yeah. Um, but they gave me the stuff and it made me really sick and I had to like, Oh, <gasps> throw up and stuff right away and it was just traumatizing oh (laughs) oh my god I'm 35 I still remember getting sick when I was 10 so
0: poor thing (laughs) Uh, yeah it's fine I
1: lived I did have complications though with the surgery which is just crazy when you're little you know anyway yeah Uh, Audrey had dental surgery
2: that we did at like Kaiser and um they gave her like I feel like it's got to be like a sedative or something that just made you really relaxed or whatever in the room. So that way, by the time she went back into the operating room, she was really like she was she wasn't stressed out. She was tired. (laughs) She was not stressed. They asked.
0: They're like, it's like I had a
2: glass of wine.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Chilling them out.
1: (laughs) Before I had my.
2: Um, I had my wisdom teeth surgically removed, and before that, I took like I took a pill in the morning at home. Oh yeah,
1: I did too. The night before and the morning of. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, and then when I had my gallbladder out, they asked me when
2: I got into the hospital, like in the room, if I wanted something, and I said no. And the lady was very like worried about me saying no. And she was like, "Are you sure? Like this can be like traumatizing for people or whatever." And I was like, "I want to feel like I'm in control of the situation. And if you give me something that makes me feel like I'm not in control, like it's gonna be worse. I promise." I will keep my composure. And if I can't, I'll ask for something. Mm -hmm. But like, as of right now, I'd rather be like, I don't want this to be an experience where you have like sleep paralysis or something and it's like frightening. I'd rather be here now. Yep, that makes sense.
1: They probably would have get, like when I had my um, my LASIK done, they don't actually give you pain medication because apparently the eye doesn't have any feeling, the actual Uh eyeball. And so they just gave me Valium. And, um, so while they're doing the surgery, of course, I'm like, I can smell my eyes burning no, and I was totally no, fine.
0: No, it was like <laughs> no big deal. Nope.
1: no, no. Yep. Mm-mm. I, I did not. And you know, me obviously I'm very anxious. It was no big deal. I was just like, wow, nothing. And I didn't feel any differently. I just did not care. It was the craziest oh. feeling to not care about anything, but not feel high or anything. Such a weird drug. Dude.
0: I have oh. full body
1: goosebumps.
0: Yeah, that, <laughs> that is the worst
1: <laughs> sentence. The doctor's like, "Yeah, that's kind of what happens." Just Oh. Cuz that's what they do is they burn your eyes with a laser until they're the right shape, you know.
0: <gasps> but I have I have Robin, are you that. sewing?
1: I am. Aww.
0: Okay. What have you had? What are you... The medication? Yeah, um the before one of my procedures cuz they're doing like they were like burning off cells and stuff. So they gave me what uh it's the anxiety thing. What is it called?
1: Uh-huh. You just said it. I don't remember what it's called. I don't. Valium? Yes, Valium. Valium, that's it. Yep. <laughs>
0: yeah, They give you that. I kept okay, wanting to say Zoloft.
1: So
2: that's not no. right. But so were you, like was this like an in-office appointment and you were awake mm-hmm. for the first yeah. one?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like a whole machine. There's like a vacuum. Like it's a, it's a whole thing because like once they cut Crazy. out the bad cells, they have to like. It, and because there's smoke it's like electro whatever yeah, yeah so it's, it's like a whole thing um but yeah so they give you because you have to be awake because if something's ha- like they need to be able to apparently keep you awake for whatever reason okay so you have to take it like an hour before your appointment or whatever so I did and as again like you as someone who experiences anxiety it was the weirdest feeling because I was like, this is cool too. I'm just, yeah. I'm just right here. Don't need to talk or think or do anything. And I was uh-huh. like, oh my God, this is the shit that people take. Like, this is the kind of feeling that, you know, anxiety medication gives you. And I'm like, "Yep, I would be horrified. Like, I can't, I, I like, it felt wrong. It felt like there was something missing. But I was okay with it, which it's made me anxiety. not feel good emotionally. Because like, like, no. we're sitting here
1: all the day, every day, going, what can I be anxious about? What what, am, what was I just thinking about? Yeah. What's wrong right now? Yeah. <laughs> I'm too happy. This is yeah. not right.
2: That's how I felt last night. I like, was like, I'm just having too
1: good of a day. There's something That's wrong here. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, my God. We're the saddest people ever. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the saddest generation. <laughs> Oh my God! Wow. Well, on that downer, what do you yeah. say? Well, I have something to cheer us oh, up. Oh, that's right. Not that that was. Why do I always okay, forget so- this?
1: It's my favorite. We have a review from Ireland, and I know it's from Ireland because Robin typed it in from Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, so it is um, from Magic Girlo and um the title is love this me too Mm -hmm. i am a young adult reading these books and i have to say it's so fun to listen to i listen to this while doing everything walking to school going to sleep literally everything you have such nice friendly voices and i love the way you talk about the characters the only complaint i have is that you didn't finish the mortal instruments series and instead went to the infernal devices i would have loved to hear you talk about the last three books Other than that, I absolutely love this. Can't wait to hear more.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We will. We're going to go back to the last three once we're finished with these uh, infernal devices. So there's no spoilers. It'll be before you
1: know it, too. They go so fast. Mm -hmm. I know. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, we've been doing this for almost two years. So crazy. That's cray cray. Bananas.
1: It's crazy because we like us. Right. We haven't given up on this.
0: Right. We've never been so consistent in our lives.
1: I feel like Robin's a little bit more consistent than you and I, Kristen. This is like true. you and I pick up projects and do stuff, and then we're like,
0: eh, "This is true. What's new?" This is true.
1: <laughs> I was um, telling Omar about our garden sharing idea, mm-hmm. yes, which I also I told
2: Amanda Andy. about. Yeah. And he's like, okay. <laughs> Andy wasn't super, like, he didn't think I could do it either. He's like, he's like oh, yeah, like, um, you were going to get starts and, like, all this other stuff. I was like, dude, dude, this is different. Yeah. Okay, we're pre-planning. Right. This isn't just, like, in the moment. Right. Hey. Well, if we do it together. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's all great. these things. And you're not out anything, except he's the one that likes to do the gardening. Okay. He likes to take care of the plants. And I was like, does it matter if you're taking care of, like, serranos or tomatoes or squash? Right.
1: right. do it. <laughs> it's it's just be water.
0: <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, even though I've done a garden for the last two years or three years, my husband still did the same thing when I told him about it. <laughs> he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I just forget to water them and then they die. So... <laughs> Uh, if you guys reminded me, I'd be fine. We'll have a weekly oh. reminder when we meet up. That, yeah. I mean, perfect. That's great. Wait, Listen, if you start just, the sprinkler while we're recording. Yep, if you just do it <laughs> once a week, I mean, you're going to get something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. Oh. Well, that's what I told We figured out what happened
2: last year. We had no bees to pollinate our vegetables. Mm-hmm. Oh, because of the so smoke and stuff? Just where we planted them we were were really flower heavy in the front yard
1: okay we don't
2: have we have like um we have shade in the corner so we have lots of like shade plants that don't flower Mm -hmm. and the vegetables are next to it so i had to i forgot my mom told me if it's past a certain time and your vegetables don't like you can go self-pollinate with like a paintbrush Mm -hmm. so as soon as i did that i we started to get tomatoes but this year we're gonna like plant some lavender next to it or something to call the bees
1: good idea Bring all the bees to the
0: yard. (laughs)
1: Uh
0: huh. Oh my gosh. Great. All right. Well, what do you guys say we cut the chit chat and kick things off with Robin's recap?
1: Previously on
2: Downworld or Dish. (laughs) Tessa walks into Jessamine's room looking like a train wreck to find Sophie watching over Jessamine. Tessa gives her the quick by play, play of the Lightwood Soray, imploring Sophie to go get Charlotte. Once Sophie leaves, Jessamine comes too, and Tessa can't help but spill the beans about what she found out from her douchebag brother. Jessamine, snippy as ever, remains indignant until Charlotte arrives with Brother Enoch and the Mortal Sword. She's questioned under the sword, revealing everything she knows is the truth, including what she was told about Tessa being half hunter of shadows and half demon. She wavers when asked about where Morty's whereabouts and is taken by Brother Enoch to the silent city where they will attempt to free the block on her mind. Meanwhile, Will makes his way to Camille's where he excitedly shows Magnus the demon tooth pierced into his skin that Magnus can use to summon the demon he's been looking for. Now, like right now, except the blood loss and poison <laughs> causes him to pass out and Magnus has to put a pain killing spell on him. Later that evening, Camille arrives and Magnus questions her whereabouts and gets her with a, ha, gotcha, bitch, knew you were lying. Camille tells Magnus that this is where I live and he can take it or leave it. Magnus decides to tell Camille that she can go kick rocks because he's got a new boo and his name is William Hottendale. (laughs) The scene ends with Magnus kissing a confused Will and Camille scolding Magnus about dating shadow hunters under her roof. She kicks him out, but it's more of a you can't fire me, I quit thing. <laughs> Outside, Magnus sends Will back to the Institute to await a message on when he's ready to summon the demon.
0: Love it. Oh my god. I read because you abbreviated Shadowhunters. I read that as Shurs, and I was like, what's a me Shur?" Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said it
2: as I was reading it now, so I got you. Oh,
0: that's great. Well, Poor Henry is a wreck, and still very much in denial, as Charlotte explains Jessamine's treachery. The crew is gathered in the drawing room. Sans Will, who I'm going to assume is still trudging through the London streets, half-baked on some warlock spell trying to find his way home. There's this like whole chunk of exposition explaining like why they didn't serve breakfast as usual, and I get that it would be awkward and maybe too emotional to see like Jessamine not there and just like with everything happening in the middle of the night, like, okay, I, I, I get that, but it's not like she's there for all the meals. And normally like she's gone all the time. So it's, is it yep. really that special, like of a thing? All right, fine, whatever. But, but to add insult to injury, like no one's allowed to have a hot meal when they're sad. What kind of masochist is bullshit is that? Like you're punishing yourself for being sad. <laughs> Exactly, These and, and what is a
1: cold breakfast for them? Skull? I'm sure it's not like fruity pebbles, okay, Dude. bagels and shit. Maybe I guess like I don't know. If they had like I don't know, when some bagels. cold chicken. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. It's cold chicken. Fridge yep. chicken. Yep, ice box. Yes. Oh yeah, ice box chicken. <laughs>
0: Uh, oh, and Charlotte went and found the spell book that Jessamine had planted in Tessa's room the night before. And I like to... Im- okay, I have a question yes. about that yes. really quick. Is it like a pocketbook? Yeah, it's described as like a small, like what, like a small Bible okay. would look like.
1: Okay. I didn't picture, for some reason I pictured it being huge. Like, <laughs> like the book like in... Um, exactly. Book with a
0: big eye on it. Literally
1: exactly that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep okay thank you i imagine it the sign of the size of the planners you just
1: got us for oh, okay okay
0: so um i like to imagine that charlotte is in like pissed off mom mode when this is going down like when you have a fight with your kid and you punish them and like the fight is over but you're still pissed off and you don't know what to do with that extra energy and so you just like power clean the house as like you're just angrily like scrubbing the fucking stove like this I'm still pissed (laughs) off about what you said you roll your fucking eyes at me you know but like it's already been resolved so you can't like there's you don't need to go back to it but like you're just trying to spend off the rest of that anger (laughs) 100% dude
2: I do that all the time when I'm mad yeah
1: You can't just sit there. Well,
0: it's not an even fight with your kids, so you can't give them everything. you got to hold back. And then there's this extra, like, turbo boost that you got to burn off. (laughs) Otherwise, you're going to be pissed off and fighting with your husband in a minute. So. (laughs) Yep. It's going to be testy all day. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) the granite countertops and the stove get the fucking scrub. It gets the scrub again.
1: Not the hose, yeah. the scrub.
0: Love it. Oh. It doesn't seem like the girls got any sleep the night before, but seeing as Henry is seem like seeing as Henry seems to be hearing this for the first time, I'm assuming she let the guy sleep. Or like am I way off base? Because this is like supposed to be morning time. So did she just like not bother to talk to Henry until the morning? Like, I just can't. I can't deal with you until the That's morning. That's what it seems
1: like. <laughs> yeah. Well, Well, he probably, it was the middle of the night, right? So he probably went to bed or whatever. He was was down in his lap. He was working in his lap late one night.
0: So, like, did she let him go to sleep or did he just finally resurface and she's like, I guess I'll deal with you You know, maybe he
2: fell asleep, Mm. he went upstairs to go to bed during Mm. the whole mortal, the mortal sword debacle thing and then she just didn't want to wake him up. Just ships in the night. Yeah.
0: (laughs) She's like, yeah, we're over it. Yeah, it's weird. Oh, and did I mention that Snackable Gem is posted up by the fire looking fine as hell? Well, he is. Um, But he still won't look at Tessa, which hurts her feelings a little bit. Uh huh. She's feeling the burn, uh. But that burning ring of fire just reminds her of her midnight tryst with Will the night before, which was totally and completely the direct result of warlock powders and absolutely nothing else because there are no feelings there; they're dead. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. believe it. She almost had herself convinced. Um, right. <laughs> Jim might be acting a bit frosty towards Tessa at the moment, but he's still the heart of the Institute and proves it with his compassion towards Jessamine and the choices that led her, uh, led to her being locked away in the silent city. He, he does. He's like, well, you know, she's always been looking for something like it's not anybody's fault. She just is sad. And she was gonna, she's <laughs> uh-huh. bound to make bad decisions. Oh
2: my gosh. Mm-hmm. Because well, Charlotte was trying to blame herself, right? Like yeah. she shouldn't have like forced the fo- the Shadowhunter life on him. Yeah, her.
0: clearly Charlotte is still in turbo mom mode because she immediately blames herself, which is very relatable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all do it. We all blame ourselves yep. immediately when our when something bad happens or our child fails or d- makes a choice that, you know, makes us disappointed. We're all like, "It was my fault." I didn't take her to mommy and me enough. I don't know why that's, that's my like despairing mom thing, but it is. Oh shit. uh. I love this exchange between Henry and Charlotte because it showcases how well, um, the way their brains work differently and how that, the way their brains specifically work shadows their perception of the other. Like it's just, you can see how they're so very different, but they don't realize how they're different. So they haven't effectively figured out like a communication style. It's like, oh, you guys are so close. You're so close, but you're totally missing like the glaring thing about your partner that would make them make everything make sense to you. So Charlotte's blaming herself. Um, when right before uh, this little excerpt. No, no, Henry reassured... Oh, shit. No, no, Henry reassured his wife. You were never anything but kind to her. You did everything you could. There are some mechanisms that are so so broken, they cannot be repaired. Jessamine is not a watch, Henry, Charlotte said, her tone remote. Tessa wondered if she were still angry with Henry for not seeing Woolsey Scott with her, or if she were simply angry at the world. So... Obviously, he he's not thinking about like human like he's he's sad. He's devastated that Jasmine did this. Uh That's clear. He has that emotion. But the way he articulates Uh it is he thinks about people as, you know, parts that make up a whole, which is, you know, how he sees the Uh world. And she's like she's offended because she's like, you know, super emotional in this moment. And right. It's like yeah, but like he he's saying the same thing. It's just using different words. Like yeah, he's relating it. He's at that stage where
2: he's relating it to what he knows, mm-hmm. but not to like yeah, you're communicating. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was a yeah. really like beautifully put like little snapshot that if you, you know, you've been in a relationship you know a, a long a long-term serious relationship whatever been married you get that like you understand that like sharing a life with somebody is constantly like readjusting and figuring out like oh okay okay I get that that <sighs> means that to you yep. you know it's because you're not the same person but anyway that's hard okay yeah this is kind of a sidebar living with someone is. Hard. yes <laughs> it is it's very hard This is kind of a sidebar, but I was thinking about it the other day and, like, you know, having a conversation with myself. (laughs) As you do. And I was thinking about the Hunger Games and how the Hunger Games kind of gets lumped in with, like, the whole, like, YA dystopian, like, craze that happened in, you know, the mid to the mid-aughts and, you know, teens. Uh Uh-huh. But... Really, The Hunger Games started that explosion, right? Like, that was the the thing that started. And so it gets lumped in. And then the movies and stuff, which I love the movies. I love the books. They were great. But I mm-hmm. think what makes a good YA book, like, great and stand out, whether it be a series or a single book or whatever, is that you can read it at different ages and get a different – Uh, not a different, um, not necessarily a different moral or a different like theme, but a more complex understanding of those themes, the older you are, right? Like when you're a teenager reading the hunger games or watching the movies or whatever, you're like, this is fucking crazy, you know, and it's entertaining and exciting. And you still get the, like, we need to treat people like people. And, you know, we don't let, you know, an authoritarian government take us over you know like you still get the same theme of like standing up for what's right and rebellion and you know all this stuff and then the through line that's just like taking care of your community and your people right but as you Uh get older and you read it like it gets deeper every interaction you you have more context because of life and so you see things that like you would have never seen before whereas like the tactics of the government and you understand as an adult how you can play on people's fears something that you don't necessarily pick up on as intricately when you're younger you know like the stuff just the stuff from living life that you you get and each time you go back and read or or go back and watch like you can pull something deeper and more twisted and psychologically fucking scarring, and you're just like <laughs> the Hunger Games goes from being like ooh edgy dystopian t- love triangle woohoo as a teenager with like a really like fucked up undercurrent right to as an adult like straight up horror like psychological psychological torture complete horror show like worst case scenario dictatorship like and it becomes so like such a different thing as you're older and your understanding of the world like opens up a little bit I anyway I think that's what makes a good YA a great YA is being able to go back and Uh experience the story in a different perspective but that is what that is one of the things that I I love about what we do here is you know being able to kind of dig and see little nuggets that you might not know if you haven't experienced that in life, you know?
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, it's also cool. Cause you guys have obviously read them when you were young and now you're rereading mm-hmm. them and you're also hearing my perspective as only reading mm-hmm. it as an adult. So yeah, it's
0: so cool. We're pretty cool. We're like so that. cool. This is cool. <laughs> this is why we've been doing this for two years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this moment right here. So I can go on a tangent about something I thought about, you know, to myself. <laughs> And needed to share, because I'm lonely and sad, because I'm a millennial. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, we got a theme this episode. Um, Okay, where am I? Oh, there we go. So, the gang is trying to figure out what to do about Benny's demon-loving ass. uh, When Will saunters in, snarky as usual... Um, and I love the moment Tessa has where all the thoughts and emotions about both Will and Jem are, like, swirling around in her brain. And her mind just goes and makes it worse and is like, what if Will told Jem about what happened? Like, that <laughs> that's why he's not looking at you. Like, we, we've all fucking been there. Yeah. Dude. It's like that uh,
2: that TikTok I sent both yes. of you. To just like where it's like you're you're just doing something. Your brain's like, "Hey, I hate you." <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know what could make this worse right now?
0: <laughs> but Tessa doesn't get to dwell on her relationship problems because they've got to save London and possibly the whole world from a robot invasion. So you know details. Okay. Yeah. They discuss strategy. Priorities, man. What? They <laughs> said
2: priorities, You're man. Fucking
0: real. For real. They discussed discuss strategy, Will pointing out that uh, Mortman's uncanny ability to always be two steps ahead of them. And like how, yeah, he probably thought about what we would do. And Jasmine's telling us that, that it was part of Morty's plan for them to like, for her to tell the clave and do all this stuff, which could be true. Or it could be a fake-out. And so, you know... Whoops. Mm-hmm. Well, this is Will's first time, like, hearing the information, so he's processing it, yeah. like, really quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wonder boy. So, um, Brother Enoch agreed not to inform the clave about Jessamine um, for a few days, like, which seems bananas, but... I agree. I agree. But it also lends merit... To the idea that the Silent Brothers and the Iron Sisters, who we haven't really gotten into yet in the series, but they'll come up in later books, um, are more independent of the clave than it seems the clave would like to admit. So Mm -hmm. because the way the clave Mm -hmm. talks about the Silent Brothers is like they are just like a part like a, a branch of them an extension of the clay exactly yeah. right. like you know they can do whatever and the iron sisters because they're so like kind of removed i feel like they have a little bit m- more like yeah those are the iron sisters like that's what they do at the citadel like whatever it's not as close as the silent brothers because the silent brothers are like always around but right i just i feel like maybe it's like one of those things where like the leaders and the government want you to feel a certain way, even though that's not the reality. But I also distrust you're, all you're authority. You're on a government. I know.
2: Kristen's watching CNN and she's like, don't trust.
0: <laughs> I promise. I'm not like on some conspiracy theory thing. It just happens to be that that's what the hunger games is about. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, I just, I like, I think it's interesting the inner workings of this world and how careful Cassandra Clare is about layering, like, little nuggets of, like, well, the Silent Brothers did this. So now we know it's in the realm of possibility for the Silent Brothers to act not in congruency with the clave, right? Maybe not Mm -hmm. necessarily, like, acting against them but there might be some wiggle room. So that might be useful knowledge for us to have in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, so together, honestly, it's mostly Will, the Institute's resident 17-year-old military strategist, uh, who comes up <laughs> with the plan. Tezman uh, will meet up with Nate and the rest of the crew lying in wait to, to arrest him. And Tess is totally down with some mind-sifting and light torture. if that's what it takes to get the info that they need <laughs> which everyone's like oh, whoa bitch like, no. <laughs> they're like she's like go for it it's i cool. like how tessa we, we get a lot of character development in this chapter i think i think we get a lot of understanding people's motives and seeing how their actions have maybe changed from what they would have done at the beginning of this series um so we get to see that like growth in action almost a little bit here with uh, Tessa going out of her way to explicitly detail why she's changed her mind about letting the Silent Brothers like go into Nate's mind mm-hmm. Um, it, she's clearly acting in more of like an, a, a utilitarian like manner like gotta do what needs to be done kind of a thing um, mm-hmm. which is definitely like extreme but this is an extreme situation where like the fate of the world rests in the knowledge that Nate you know has so I like that it shows Tessa's growth and maturity and willingness to do what needs to be done while she's still acknowledging like yeah this hurts like this isn't a fun thing for Uh me and I understand the seriousness of this situation so I'm going to do what needs to be done but like I'm being mature about this, and this is obviously not something that, like, would be my instinct to do. I don't know. It just shows real, like, self-awareness of, like, where she's at and how her feelings and her emotions can't be the factor in everybody else, you know? (laughs) I don't know
2: i'm very wordy to today do whatever she wants to make her happy like just yeah <laughs> just
0: f everybody else exactly so back to the plan in order to get nate uh, to meet with them they've got to convince jessamine to help him to help them because like he's gonna know her handwriting what's the secret code you know all that jazz so
1: mm-hmm. it's off
0: to the silent city for jem and tessa with marching orders in hand, everyone filters out of the room, leaving Tessa and Will to have the most cringeworthy conversation of the book. Neither of them are being completely honest with themselves or each other. Um, and as a result, we're left with a stinking pile of miscommunication and teenage feelings. <laughs> Tessa makes Will promise not to tell anyone, especially Jem, about their special time together, throwing his own stinging words back at him for good measure. Quote, There is no future for a shadow hunter who dallies with warlocks. Ouch! Mama knows where to hit. Dude. Emotional damage. (laughs) Emotional damage. She's sinking his battleship. (laughs) Will agrees, but he doesn't know why it's so important to her. And he, like, says so. And she's like, yeah, bitch, you don't. She has no intention of giving him a reason, and instead power walks out of the room to meet Jem like a boss-ass bitch.
1: Okay, so we start this little bit with Sophie, which I love because I really like her. And she's wearing one of Jessamine's old dresses that's still in style, but like, ill to Jessamine, because she's worn it like three times. And I can't even imagine, like, I have a pair of jeans I don't even wash until I've worn them at least mm. three times. <laughs> Dude, I just She's like, so spoiled. So do you think... <laughs> Nobody knows Sophie took her dress. I'm assuming not. I don't I right. doubt she gave it to her. Oh. It doesn't
2: I don't think anybody knows she's but... like meeting or, mm-hmm. or
0: doing what she's doing. Oh I assume right. I don't think that Sophie would steal a dress. I would assume because I, it has been mentioned that like she's passed down true. like she's gotten rid of dresses and Sophie's gotten some. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Like, because that was my thing, too.
2: was like, do you think she's just, like, like this is doubly, like, oh, my God, I can't believe I borrowed this dress. I can't believe, right. like. Got to get back quickly. I'm Maybe. Doing all this stuff. But it seemed mm-hmm. a little bit out of character. Yeah. At the same time. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, who knows? She yeah. fucking brained her, so. With a brush, so.
2: She doesn't deserve it anymore. And she yeah. she doesn't want them anyway. <laughs> well, because all those old dresses, like, remember when, um they gave that first dress to Tessa Mm -hmm. when she was there and it was like a brand new dress and she never, but I guess, okay, here I'm I'm rolling through this in my head as I'm speaking. Mm -hmm. It's not, no, it's sad, but it's the truth. Like, I guess when does she really have the need to wear something like that? Right, Exactly. You know, maybe when she's, if she's going to the market to do Mm -hmm. shopping, but you'd think the cook would do that. Right. Uh, Yeah. You know, so I was like, maybe why wouldn't she have given her the dress? But then I guess, you know, where's she going to wear it to?
1: Mm right now sad day yeah right, right. exactly to meet Gideon mm-hmm. which is what she's doing
0: she got a hot date
1: <laughs> yep so she finally like gets to him cuz it sounds like they're in the city and stuff and um she meets up with him at i'm assuming it's like a little market store i'm not sure if it's a restaurant anyway it doesn't matter they finally meet up and he's holding a picnic basket Aww. which they call a hamper which That's i think so is funny cute. I know and um he's telling her like all about the delicious goodies inside and um I would be very interested because I like food but she's like wait a minute no I can't see you anymore I don't want this food (laughs) and I'd be like I don't want to see you anymore give me the food (laughs) I'd eat first and then be like this isn't gonna work Uh uh-huh yeah (laughs) (laughs) so um she tells him that the only reason she even came was to tell him that she didn't want didn't want to see him anymore and um Normally I'd be like, "Boo, yeah, right." You didn't just come to tell him that, but like they don't have phones or texts <laughs> or instant messages. I guess they call them DMs now, not IMs. But like, I guess she did just come to tell him that. Otherwise, like, what would it be like a fire message? Although she could have just not shown up, and then that would have probably given him a pretty good hint too. But
2: uh-huh. what well, anyway. I love that like the purpose of this was to be like, "I can't see you anymore," but she's like, "But I'm a look how doing mm-hmm. it." Hell yes she is. Yep.
0: Well yeah <laughs> of
1: good blood. Duh. Obviously. <laughs> and look at this. Yeah. And she looks so good that obviously Gideon is super mm-hmm. bummed. Mm-hmm. And um he's hurt. So um Um Sophie turns to go and like leave. She's just like, bye. And um so first I have to say I was confused by why she was upset with him. Like why was she canceling this? little date or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then as Gideon is like pleading with her um to listen to him and that Will must have seen him like whatever the, the word must have basically traveled to her from Will that he was at this little party last night basically. And um I didn't think about that, I guess, when I first and then it made me realize like yeah, he probably she is like yeah, I don't want to be with you because your mm-hmm. dad was in this. She doesn't know, right? I doubt that, like Will or Sophie or Tessa. I don't told think her that
0: they said that Gideon that they, was there. That Gideon and Gabriel were there. Did they? I don't remember. I don't Tessa remember saying, that revealing that bit. But that could have happened off page.
1: It could have. But she also, and I'm just like, I'm assuming she probably was just like, I know what your dad's into yeah. I know what you did. Last it's a summer. no from me, dog. Yeah. So Gideon starts to, like, explain that he had no idea what Benny was into. Like, ew. (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea he was in that deep. Like, he says when he was growing up after their mother died, because they were really young when their mom died, so their dad had a huge influence, obviously, over their lives. Benny always made the boys believe it was okay to sort of bend or break the laws. And um, just, like, kind of as they felt like it, whatever, no big deal, just break the law. So when Gideon went to Madrid on his little mission, <laughs> he realized that he was very wrong because everyone, like, hated him, basically, because he was constantly being Benny in the Dick. <laughs> and so he shaped up real quick. Like, people didn't like me. I was the outcast, basically. Like, I had to be nice again and follow the rules. And um, so Sophie, of course, asks, "What about the sister?" And I don't remember her name. Tatiana. Tatiana. Thank you. So she's like, "What about her?" And he's like, "Yeah, my dad doesn't really. She's not really involved in. Basically, it sounds like the Shadowhunter lifestyle at all. Like, he. She wasn't raised that way, um, because she's a surprise, woman. Surprise! Surprise. My dad didn't really involve her. Yeah, it's just whatever. So of course Sophie's like, "Oh shit! Someone saw Will. Like you saw Will. Oh my gosh, you saw him." but Gideon's like yeah I saw him chasing a demon outside like I don't know he I know he couldn't have been invited to the party but um he was there so maybe he was just chasing a demon I don't know he's just being a shadow hunter but like um I knew as soon as I saw your face that um you knew I was at the party basically like I knew that's why you were mad at me
0: (laughs)
2: You okay. notice how, like, Sophie gets all the information but doesn't have to, like, get, give her a ha-gotcha-bitch monolog mm-hmm. like like um, Tessa
1: did to Jessamyn? Yeah, she doesn't give oh, up yes. all of their information as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Will doesn't under- – or Gideon doesn't understand why Will would have been there, obviously, since the um, – even if he was just being a shadow hunter, like, I thought that the Institute was more focused on finding Mormane. Like, why is he just chasing a random demon? And Sophie's like, um, yes, that's why he was there. You know, those were Morty's automatons, right? He's like, oh, nope. Didn't know that. <laughs> Very naive. I thought they were demon Who like, else's robots are or they? something. The yeah. <laughs> so strange. So then he explains to her, like, you're the only person that I trust over everyone and um, even beyond my whole family. And she's like. Well, that's really sad because we've barely known each other. (laughs) And I'm thinking the same thing. Sad for you. sad. (laughs) Bummer. (laughs) And um, so then he convinces her, like, well, let's get to know each other better. So tell me your story about these robots as we walk through the park. And, of course, she agrees. Mm. And so then we're jetted back to the Institute because this is a bouncing um, chapter. (laughs) So Tessa stood and i um, waiting for the shadow hunters to pick shadow hunters, the shadow brothers, silent brothers. God damn it. Every time <laughs> she's standing there waiting for the silent brothers to pick her up. And she's thinking about, she has all kinds of shit on her mind. Of course she's thinking about will, but she starts really thinking about how cool it would be to like change her parts of her into other people. Like she kind of can change into people, but only like their hair or like fuller lips and um, different things like that, and I'm just like, oh boy, I hope she lives long enough to see plastic surgery, <laughs> dude. Perms and plastic surgery—that's what I want her to live long enough to see. <laughs> All I could
2: think of was like, obviously, Tonks from Harry Potter, just mm-hmm. being able to, you know, change your Nerd. face and stuff.
1: You love it, yeah, like Face Off with John Travolta. It's exactly like that.
0: Okay. I watched that and movie ne- at the Nicholson? drive-in. No, not Jack. Oh wow. Nicholson.
2: What's the we went My mom's um. Station wagon mm-hmm. to go That watch. is awesome. It was a double feature. Face off. We were on the roof. I remember it.
1: And that was back when you could probably turn around. Like you're. Because you can't back in so anymore. So dumb. We
0: front it's parked so in. Dumb.
2: But we they were like. We laid on the top of the car. With like the sleeping bags and stuff.
0: Oh, So
1: cute. Love it. <laughs> uh, so finally the carriage arrives. And just right behind her is Jem. And um, she <laughs> <laughs> allows Jam As I typed here. Not Jem, Jam. To help up her jam. inside.
2: Yeah. Hold on just a second. I'm really sorry. This is going to make a lot of noise. Okay. So she got, like, rubbed her ass on my microphone. And it was
1: all covered in hair. Mmm. Yum. Put your mouth on that now. In and around. So she allows Jem to, like, help her inside the carriage because he's a gentleman. Mm. And as it starts to go... um. It doesn't stop like when they get close to the iron gates and Tessa's like, no, bro, we're going to run into him. <laughs> and Jim's like, chill, chill, girl. He actually says hush, which I think is obnoxious, mm-hmm. but OK. Just um, tell her
2: what's going to happen.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
2: He just like you, lets it happen. Hush. You think it's like a, right. a trap. So that way, like it breaks the ice and gets them to talk.
1: Right. Use the word. Right. Maybe. Yeah. It's whatever. So, obviously, it goes through the gates because it's, like, magic, even though we don't have magic. hmm Okay. Make yeah. that clear. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, then it continues to be creepy as it passes through the city. It's, like, going through pedestrians like they're ghosts, and it goes through buildings. Like, it went through a warehouse, and they just it, – it just imagine they're in, like, this little bubble that's kind of just floating, like, do do I don't know. It just is weird. And um, at least it's not floating on top of things like it did in City of Bones. Mm-hmm. Or whatever that was. I don't remember. Anyway. So she asks Jem if they're going to go through the river because she's not into that. And he tells her that the carriage can only. Yeah. I mean, I think it would be cold. <laughs> the carriage can only travel on land as far as he knows. I'm just like, these are weird rules, but OK. In the
0: air, but only over land. Yeah, it's weird. What, is it a vampire? What the fuck? It, yeah.
1: So finally, now that, like you said, the ice has been broken, so Tessa um, takes this time to be brave and talk about what happened to them, between them the night before, she starts saying that she appreciates his friendship and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, damn, please don't use that word, friendship.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> um, like, this is the second most awkward conversation okay. in the book. Yeah. <laughs>
1: He's like, I'm super into you. And obviously you don't feel the same way because you're starting to talk about friendship. And Tessa's like, oh shit. I have his feelings. Fix it. Fix it. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, but but all I was trying to say. (laughs) Yeah. All I'm trying to say was that I'm sorry for being so forward with you. And Gemma's like, oh shit. She likes me no, 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 no. I'm sorry. It was me that was too forward. I could hardly look at you thinking about you despising me for being so horny. (laughs) (laughs) Like
0: that was it?
1: And Tessa's like, whoa, I could never despise you. I thought you despised me. Oh shit. Check us out. (laughs) And Jem moves to sit beside her. And okay, first of all, I want to ask, do you think that Tessa actually said those things because she really does. I mean, I guess she does. Obviously, in just a minute, she kisses him mm-hmm. and like pulls her in, pulls him into her. So was she really upset because, like, she didn't want? Was she going to just say like
0: I, I just want to be friends? Do you I think? Th- and then this happened, and she let. I it think happen. she was trying to protect herself and like head it off at the okay. pass and be like, "It's cool, we're just buds." Like because he hasn't looked at her right. in two days, but
1: yeah.
2: Yeah, I think when well, was... he hasn't
1: looked at her because he was ashamed of himself. Like, I think he was uh...
2: sick. Like he had another
1: like. Okay. And he was embarrassed. Like, another... Uh-huh. And embarrassed. He yeah. had
0: to get on the floor and clean up all that demon drug. That's right.
1: And that's right. It was so long ago. I forgot icky, about that. I think. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I agree. One hundred percent. I forgot about that. Okay. Well, anyway, so he moves to sit beside her and get all like close. And he tells her that Monday women are taught um, to Ew. have restraint because men are weak. Vomit. Ew. Okay. Ew.
0: Ew. Gross. Not my fucking Shadow problem. aren't the same, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sounds like a you problem. <laughs> it's so terrible
1: to think that that's what women were taught, mm-hmm. though. Because I'm sure that's true. No. Men are weak and you have to be tough or whatever and, and fight the the urges. Um, but shadow hunters are taught to be equal. So unless you're a Lightwood, you're equal to them.
0: <laughs> I mean, as we've seen with Charlotte, that's not exactly, that, that may be the spirit of the law, but that's not exactly. <laughs> well, and I, I guess maybe
1: he's just referring to this circumstance. I love or, how like, much he sexual like, sexual feelings.
2: Yeah. He really like shoves it out. Cause I was, I read this. So I'm, obviously reading it in my inner uh-huh. voice and it was like dude this is great and um let me if it makes you feel any better like it's just like you're totally like a good like that's a shadow hunter yeah. girl thing like you're good you're good
0: exactly well i also it just good. wants to make her feel better about moving forward and doing yeah, the game. exactly uh-huh. i wonder <laughs> now obviously this is like victorian london so i feel like this is a very specific like time period where social stuff was like really important. So like where they are may dictate a little bit more of that. But I've always okay, wondered yeah. I would think that a, a culture like the Shadow Hunters, who are a warrior culture, right? Like they've said it multiple times. There's lots of orphans, people die young because they're in battle and all that stuff. I would assume that just given like historical knowledge and stuff, that those kinds of civilizations are less prude about like marriage, like, you know, sex before marriage and having kids and, you know, all that, because people die all the time. So, yeah. like, I would assume you'd have to just be like, chill. Like, if you're a childbearing <laughs> woman Hush. and your husband dies at 22. Like you're gonna probably get married again and you're not gonna be an old widow forever like you might do in Victorian London because that's what society would dictate or you know whatever mm-hmm. not uh-huh. saying that people couldn't get remarried but I just I right. wonder if they're maybe not as like uptight about it in general as yeah. like you know like yeah. Vikings yeah interesting
1: well After he says all of that, she doesn't say anything. Want to know why? Because she's thinking about Will. (laughs) Again. (laughs) And Jem is literally like, say something. (laughs) So then he goes on to tell her that he wishes he could have courted her first and told her of his feelings by taking her for a drive with a chaperone and written her poetry instead of showing her his feelings. And Tessa kind of like scoff laughs because she's like, you don't even like poetry. (coughs) but <laughs> like I'll read it for you he tells her that sh- yeah she makes him want to write it oh, God. And I'm going to read this little part because I think it's cute and a little you know whatever um, okay um, that sounds almost practiced James Carstairs how many girls have you made swoon with that observation there's only one girl I care to make swoon he said the question is does she she smiled at him she does and then they were suddenly
0: kissing.
1: Damn. Jem is
0: smooth Damn. as yep. fuck.
2: <laughs> He's like the butter that's she, she been sitting does. on the counter that my husband threw away because he thought it went bad. Oh my God. It was out all night. It
1: was out all night. So butter can sit out, motherfucker.
2: And I was like, dude, it's like rest milk. Six days, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's opposite. Six days, six weeks, six months.
1: <laughs> uh, that's great.
2: Don't. P.S. So, don't don't leave breast milk on the counter for for six yeah, days. Yeah, it's six hours. Break, break. It's hours. <laughs> Please don't. <sighs> it's like six so, hours, six days, six weeks, right? I think. Like so. in the free fridge, yes.
1: fridge freezer, counter, room temperature, fridge freezer. Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay.
1: If you put it in deep freezer, you're supposedly
0: able to leave it for yeah. a year. But. It's also like. Mm-hmm whatever you're comfortable with. Like cream. most of these guidelines, yeah. just like, just the same as like freezing milk, like regular milk or whatever. Like they say mm-hmm. this much, but like it might not kill you. I don't know. It's a, right. you got to decide that risk for yourself. <laughs> like that can of chili that's been in your pantry for 10 years. I mean, it does say it expired two years ago, but is it really expired? <laughs> right. And it's true. Like RGM eats expired yogurt.
1: Because it has more um, probiotics. Oh, my God. <laughs> some of them are, like, over a month <laughs> expired. Oh, my God. It's yogurt. That's some crazy shit. Bro.
0: You must have some serious yep. gut flora and fauna or well, whatever. There's been cold.
1: times where I've been sitting in a small space with him, like, behind, like, at our desks. Sometimes at stores, they're small. I was at our Beaverton store. And it's a small area. And he was eating one. And I was like, bro, you have to go through it. The smell of it oh. made me sick. And he ate it. No. So gross. Anyway. Can cut that? No, we make fun of him about okay. it all the time. It's good. Okay. <laughs> he would not care if we talked about it. He thinks it's funny. <laughs> he really thinks there's more
0: probiotics and stuff, which maybe there is. He could be right. I've never looked into it, but it's gross. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I would want to eat. like, Because I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's just sour. I'm sure it's not spoiled. but Right. That tastes gross.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just the thought of it, knowing you're eating something that's, you know, ugh. at least it's not like beef. So, <laughs> it's, so <full>. it's cool. <laughs> Just got a thing with yogurt. <laughs> Anywho. That's such a weird dude. Um, this girl. Yeah. <laughs> Let's up, get back Echo. to the kissing, huh? I'm sorry, Echo started talking. <laughs> So um, this girl is getting some freaking action this week, you guys. So she can hear he's kissing her. So like not aggressively, but aggressively enough, I suppose, that she can hear the hat, her the flowers on her hat crinkling, which I think is adorable. It reminds me like that must be awkward to kiss someone wearing a hat like when you're like the person you're kissing is wearing a baseball mm-hmm. hat. You gotta like move it up or do something, or if you're both wearing baseball hats and you gotta kiss sideways <laughs> and it's weird. We'll just do this later. Okay. Let's just do this later. Here,
0: you can kiss my hand.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> so then the carriage suddenly comes to a stop and Gemma's like, Damn girl, I told you we needed a chaperone. So then he moves away from her, like to be safe, because they're teenagers and they're super horned and it's gonna happen again. <laughs> they're horned. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So when the carriage finally came to a complete stop, the shadow hunters, including Brother Enoch, were at the door. And, like, it creepily just, like, flings open on its own like they did it with their minds. And they welcomed Tessa, calling her the daughter of Lilith. And Tessa thanked Brother Enoch. And she was like, we're here to see Jessamine. Can you take us to her? And I'm like, bitch, they know why I'm here. <laughs> I love when They she came was... and picked you up.
2: Like, that part. So, like, here's, like, daughter of Lilith. And she, like... <laughs> thinks at first to almost be like offended or whatever or like Uh like they're trying to intimidate her and she's like what what would charlotte do (laughs) and i love it this is the new mantra she's like that's my boss bitch yep
1: that's great (sighs) that's um i'll
2: i'll get that someday where i can order like food for myself at a restaurant i'm just kidding (laughs) just remember every time i make you order stuff for me at sushi yeah she's
1: chicken <laughs> yeah
2: okay so guys jim and tessa follow easy inside and the silent city is creepy and ominous um wait um, <laughs> ominous ominous omnipotent ominous Omicron. ominous yep <laughs> <laughs> i almost said omatis, which yep, is great that works too anyway it's like it's the same shit it's creepy it's gross it's silent I feel like it's damp for some reason. Oh, definitely. And I don't know why. I do too. Yeah, definitely. But definitely. Anyway, they walk down to the prisons, which are on, like, the second level. And Jasmine's located at the second to last cell because it's just, like, a row of, like, one. Like, there's a toilet. There's a bed. There's a gate. There's a padlock on it. And there's just a row of them. And she's at the second to the last
0: <laughs> Which I would assume Sorry. is like the darkest, like cause it's like furthest uh-huh. away yeah. from In the corner. Oh. Yeah.
1: Mean, good point. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and then also the like
2: anxiety of her anxiety that she had to go through probably walking down there. Mm-hmm. Like it was totally just for show. The silent mm-hmm. brothers are dramatic as fuck, dude. They're theatrical. Yeah. They yeah. Love it. Yep, I love it. And it's so camp. dude, <laughs> keeping in that tone. Brother Enoch touches the padlock. just a little finger probe and it <laughs> opens and the chain just falls down. Don't say that. And like it's freaking cool, dude. I feel like it's very <laughs> I feel like it's very Voldemort touching the dark mark, like just the mm-hmm. And they have the same Do grubby fingernails. That, um,
1: Gross. He used his rippling muscles. To yes. 100%. <laughs> 100%. Okay, got
0: it.
2: And it clings really like well cuz like it's that like parchment colored
0: fabric. Mm-hmm well it's, it's like it's a body con like, it's damp down there and, and it's linen so you know damp linen really clings to the skin
1: yeah it's like a wet t-shirt yeah. contest it's a body con yeah. <laughs> so
2: like i know the silent brothers are supposed to be shrouded in mystery like it's part of like the lure of Silent Brothers, right? That we kind of don't know everything that they're able to do. but like, They're like strippers. I want to fucking know. I want to know. (laughs) (laughs) You want the mystery. I I want to read the how-to, the rituals, why everything. Like, they were commenting on how this one guy's, like, Brother Enoch's eyes are basically, like, fucking gone.
1: Yeah. Uh Like, that thing I told you about
2: Sabrina, the teenage witch, when they're getting their... Face off, and they're getting a facial or whatever. Yeah. And then she said, "This other oh, yeah. silent brother, all he had were runes on the back of his eyelids, so his eyes were closed, and they just had runes drawn on him." So I just want to know. I don't like the levels. Yeah, well, yeah. I just want to know the cheese me, and it's not going to happen.
0: The the right. levels, like like it's like a like a taekwondo belt, like yeah. <laughs> are or they I a, feel which, like which it's that. They?
2: What's What's like, he, they're like Freemasons, dude. Mm. I want to know.
0: Yeah. Well, right. Cause Cause but I don't. Anything that's that's supposed to be a secret is automatically more intriguing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. I feel.
1: Don't push the
2: red button. Include. Sort of like, yeah. I want to be included.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. FOMO. Exactly. <laughs> anyway. Brother Enoch tells them, like, you can go in. I'll wait for you outside. It's cool. Because I'm ass- what I'm assuming is he's locking them back up inside.
0: Yeah. It doesn't oh, explicitly right.
2: say that, but I think that's what's happening. Uh-huh. And um, Jim tells Tessa that she should go talk to Jesse alone, woman to woman. And Tessa's like, are you sure, dude? Like, she's <laughs> probably super T.O. to me right now because, like, I stole her face. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep. and, and read her mail.
2: And talked shit about her <laughs> husband. And read her mail. And, yeah. you know, I'm a newcomer here and you, like, just know her better. And Jim's like, everything that you're saying is absolutely correct. But you know Nate Dogg better. So, like, get in there, kiddo. Get in the game. <laughs> he gives her a little <laughs> swat. Meet you there in a minute. And Tessa walks into the cell alone, noting the ceramic jug of water that's been shattered all over the floor. And Jessamine's on the bed in a plain white dress. Her hair's, like, knotted around her and her eyes are red from crying. So she just looks, like,
0: fucked up. She looks like she just spent the night in the City. <laughs> she looks like you she's think in they jail. Have a witch
1: light? How can they see her if it's so dark?
2: I feel like there is a lamp in there and I just didn't say that.
1: Maybe, yeah. Okay. Okay. I read I thought I read it and I didn't mm-hmm. see it, but maybe I I don't know. Yeah. I feel I like all they it. had oh, were like
2: I, reread it. Yeah, a lamp and like a toilet or whatever. Okay. And so Jessamine sarcastically welcomes Tessa to her humbled abode. She was like, What's up? Welcome home. Before cutting directly to the chase, being like, Oh, so like Charlotte sent you here to bring me home. Like that's why you're here, right? right. Woo. Yeah, exactly. And Tessa's like,
1: mmm. <sighs> and they just do that for like
2: fifteen minutes like a family guy sketch. Love it. <laughs> yep. Like when Peter skins his knee after fighting with the chicken and it's just ten minutes. And, okay. Dude. So Jessamine. At this point, like, she, obviously she knows Tessa's not there to bust her out or take her home. And she starts to beg Tessa to get her out of there because apparently the dead are whispering in their tombs all night and it's been really detrimental to her beauty rest. Nope. Because that 1 a.m. anxiety kicks in and she knows that it's only a matter of time before she joins them. They're calling her home to Oh, them.
0: no, 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 yep. thank you. <laughs> <Mm-mm-mm. sighs> Gross.
2: And Tessa's like, listen, you're just being a silly goose. You're just being a little (laughs) silly goosey. And um, Jessamine starts sobbing Mm because she's like, I think I knew. I think that she knew deep down that that's not why Tessa was there. But there was still a little Mm -hmm. bit of, like, fire in the candle that has now been extinguished. And Tessa didn't come empty handed. She wanted to make her feel better. So she gives her the baby Jesse toy from her dollhouse Mm -hmm. because that's not fucking creepy at all. Mm Right. And Jessamine takes That's it and, nice like, her. holds it to her chest. It just seems very, like, I know we keep saying it emotional damage. Like, yeah. I feel so bad. Yeah. Like, and, like, Jessamine is completely insufferable. Okay. I know that. But, like, this is so pitiful. Like, she's given her, like, her baby doll stuff and she's crying and, like, Tessa kind of feels the same way. Like she feels really bad for her, but she's there for a reason, and so she kind of gets through it. And she's like, "Look, the gang needs you. It's time to mount up. Yep. You got to ride or die." <laughs> yep. And Jessamine's like, "Of course. That's why you're here. You want me to betray my Nate? But like, how? I don't know anything else. I don't even know why I'm in here. Like, this is bullshit." Mm-hmm. And Justin and Jim is like, "Yeah." You do. You know exactly why you're here. <laughs> and Jessamine pull, pulls like, she gets like her, like dramatic. And she's like, because I fell in love. You know what I mean? You know how it is. I mean, like, <laughs> I see the way you look at Tessa. I see that. I get it. I hear it. But like, Nate is at least a human. And bitch. There it is. The Jessamine we all love to hate Yo. is here. She's like, ding dong, bitch. Okay. She's here. Yeah. And I have to, like, quote because, you know. I haven't betrayed the Institute for Tessa, he said. I haven't lied to and endangered those who have cared for me since I was orphaned. If you wouldn't, said Jessamine, you don't really love her. If she asked me to, said Jim, I would know she didn't really love me. And that, my friends, is why Jim is emotionally stable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jessamine having been bested, but not about to go down without a fight, resorts to telling Jim that she thought he was a nice guy. Like, I thought you were a nice guy, but he's really just an ass like the rest of them. Especially that Charlotte woman who tortured her with the mortal sword. Mm -hmm. They already have all their information (laughs) And in the process, made her betray the man that she loves. What else do you want from me? And Jim, legit canon in the book, rolls his fucking eyes.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that happened. And Tessa makes a note that she's always like, Jessamine is like over dramatic, okay? Uh-huh. She is always on, but like she thinks this time that she really is scared. Like, There's some stuff in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so she like steps in to take the lead because obviously Jim is a little bit. Jim is being precise with precision, but he is getting emotionally invested because he's so frustrated at her. Mm -hmm. Right. And so Jessamine steps in and she's like, look, I realize now and I know that you know that you love Nate. Okay. I'll accept that. You love Nate. You know, you love Nate. That's cool. But there is literally nothing that you can say or do that will convince me that his feelings are mutual. He does not love you.
0: Ooh.
2: And Justin's like, mm, you're just as jealous. Um, that's why. And then she, like, goes off on this, like, Karen tirade. Because as you do. Yep. And Tessa's like, nah. Listen. Nate is broken. There is a piece of his heart that's missing. Her aunt, like... When they were little, Aunt Harriet and Tessa noticed that about him. But they were like, oh, he's just like, boyish hijinks." But then he, like, literally murdered her in cold blood. The woman that raised him after our parents died, he just killed her. And then when he told me about it, he laughed. He thought it was a really good game. He is void of empathy and gratitude. And if you shield him now, like, if you go down for him, it's not going to mean anything. Like, you're not getting marks. He does not fucking care.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: And Jim, like, from the back, is like, um, if you don't help us now, you'll probably never see him again. And the clave will keep you down here forever or curse you for good measure. Like, this is it. Mm -hmm. And Jessamine is like, Nate warned me that you would try to scare me if I ever got caught. And Tessa's like, yeah, the same Nate that told you Charlotte and the clave wouldn't do anything to you because they're too weak. But, like, look where we are now.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> and, called you on that one.
2: Right? Ha! Called you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Jim jumps, jumps to the point. He's like, he's he's done. And he's like, look, Jessamine, we need you to write a letter to Nate dog, telling him that, like, you're privy to the super secret Shadowhunter plot to overthrow Morty, and that you guys need to meet tonight so you can discuss the deets. And Jessamine refuses, of course, but Tessa tells her that all they're asking is for her to save herself. Um, send the message and tell them, like their usual meeting place send the message to him and then tell us the deets. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hmm, here's the problem. You see, Morty is going to win. And when that happens, the Silent Brothers will be defeated, and Nate will come to rescue me
0: this girl (laughs)
2: totally dude Tessa's like okay let's assume you're right if Nate loves you as much as you say then he'll forgive you and I quoted too long on this probably but this is just like like I can't it's the perfect thing to say to (laughs) Jess this is this was like absolutely perfect so this is Tessa trying to convince her and she says, <clears throat> "Sorry, when a man a... Okay, I'm, I'm, sorry. I'm quoting so it. I won't do that He's Good. Okay. When a man loves a woman, he understands that she is weak, that she cannot hold out against, for instance, torture in the manner in which he could. Jessamine made a whimpering sound. He understands that she is frail, delicate, and easily led. Tessa went on and gently touched Jessamine's arm. Oh, God. Jesse, you see your choice. If you do not help us, the Clave will know it and they will not be lenient with you. If he loves you, he has no choice, for love means forgiveness.
1: Oh, God. Dude. Totally, totally fitting that into exactly what she
0: mm-hmm. believes. That's oh, amazing. my God.
1: Yep. She's like, she can't, she's boxed her into a corner.
0: Oh, yeah. Yep.
2: She can't go anywhere else. Because so the whole time she's like trying to do this, like, offense where she's like nate hates you nate's a piece of shit nate's whatever and then like that's not working so she's like okay nate loves you let him prove it jessamine is kind of like stunned into silence for a second and then she looks at jim and she he she asks like would you forgive tessa if the roles were switched and he says that he would forgive tessa anything and tessa's like oh lord
0: She's oh, like, Lord, oh shit, the oh, carriage ride right back coming. is gonna
2: be intense. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Dude. We're gonna go camping. It's intense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh Jessamine finally says, like, she's like, I assume that you're gonna be meeting Nate as Tasman. <gasps> I guess and that's stole the my case. face once. <laughs> right? I guess I'll let you borrow it again, this old thing. <laughs> So she gives her, like, when you go, she has to wear boys clothes because um, Jessamine always does that since, like, she's going out in the middle of the night and it's safer. Like, she's not going to get attacked. And maybe Nate likes it. Maybe <laughs> Jessamine likes
0: it. I feel maybe like maybe Jessamine like, secretly really loves being able to wear pants and move. And, like, she's like, For this real? is actually fucking awesome, but I'll never admit it. <laughs>
2: Uh-huh. So um Nate's expecting her to come looking like a newspaper boy. So then she asks, like, Well, did you even bring a pen and a paper? I'm like, yes, bitch. Anyway, so she writes the note. And I want to know how they're gonna get the note to Nate. That is not discussed. Is it Hugan? Tell me. Right. Anyway. Right. Jessamine says that um, like she should be getting something out of this. Leniency from the clave and potentially a worse sentence isn't enough. Like maybe some real food, like some fromage. Because the gruel and hard bread just isn't cutting
1: it for her, but whatever.
2: Mm, I like bread, though, so. Mm-hmm. So she finishes a note, and while whilst handing it to Tessa, tells her that her boy's clothes are behind her dollhouse. And you better be careful when you move it. Don't break my shit. Mm-hmm. And in true, for (laughs) for real, (laughs) in true Jessamine fashion, she has to add in telling Tessa that she can borrow some of her clothes while she's gone. She's been wearing the same four dresses that she originally bought her in June over and over, and the yellow one is practically ancient. And quote, if you don't want anyone to know you've been kissing in carriages, you should refrain from wearing a hat with easily crushed, crushed, crushed. Flowers on it. People aren't so blind, you know. Ooh.
1: Awkward. Awkward. I mean, it's Tessa. Why wouldn't she just assume she didn't take care of right? it? Right? Like, she cares about her clothes.
2: <laughs> Dude. It's Funny. I really want to know what this hat looks like, by the way. I want to know. I do too. I want to see it. It
1: sounds like a Mary Poppins hat, which I know you don't know.
2: Mm-mm.
0: Is it like a straw hat? I think I've seen pictures. I don't know. I just... No, it's-
2: I just imagine, like, there's tissueed flowers on it. And that's what's crinkling and uh-huh. stuff. And I'm assuming they're not made out of tissue paper. Like silk
1: flowers, probably. It, I think it said they were wax and some, oh. silk or something like that. Yeah, they were. Maybe not wax. I I read it, and I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. But they were something like that. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. OK. OK, so um, you guys. Yeah. Make sure that you read chapter 15, thousands more,
1: for next week's episode so exciting we're almost done with this one can we believe it it's crazy all right well for behind the scenes content and the latest updates check us out on instagram at Podcast. we'll see you next time Bye. bye